Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are actually doing the very second episode of the Movie Wars. Uh, last month, we did 1984 versus 1989. Joining me for episode two, I got DJ from The Greatest Show. What's up, DJ? What is up? I'm, I'm doing good. Happy good, to be good. here. Yes, thank you for joining in. Uh, for the listeners, why don't you tell them a little bit about uh, your show and what you guys do at The Greatest Show? Well, The Greatest Show is the longest-running podcast from EmeraldSpectre.com, which I own. Um, a bunch of us, it started out as just a, a weekly conversation between my best friend and I, who lives in Indiana, and it kind of blossomed into geeky topics and stuff. Um we kind of meander here and there, but it's we, we try to stay geeky on it almost almost every Saturday. Yeah, I made an appearance a few months ago. You did. It's very I did. Exciting. Yeah, it was it was very fun. I think I was on it for maybe fifteen minutes. Uh, I got to uh, meet you know your cohorts, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, I know you've been trying to get me uh, back on, but uh, you know schedule hasn't really quite allowed us uh, to do that. But also a little behind, ba- or no, not behind, inside baseball. You and I, we work together. Absolutely. And I just, yeah, I, I dropped the, the what happened today on you before you started recording, which we can both giggle about and most people won't understand. No, they won't. But uh, we, we got a few people that listen in that are uh, carriers as well. But the mo- movie wars. So this is a newer thing that I've been doing on the show. Um, the idea kind of stemmed from... Well, we kind of talked about it in the first Movie Wars episode where I had Super Movie uh, Brothers Dave, who uh, was defending 1989 as being the better year uh, for movies. So it's something that started on Twitter, and it ended up being an episode. And I figured going forward, just have a guest come on, and we'll both kind of defend uh, you know, the better years. And the breakdown of this is... There's going to be 15 categories, and DJ, between you and I, we were only allowed to pick uh, from the top 30 grossing movies of our respective years, and we can only use those movies um, one time in these categories as well. Uh, now, the format was how we did it on the on the inaugural episode. Uh, we kind of took turns. You know, we would list one category. Uh, one person would list a movie and why they had it. And then the second person would list the movie and why they had it. Uh, this one, we're going to try it a little bit different. Uh, basically, we're going to list a category. We're going to take turns saying which movies we had in that category. And then we'll kind of just both talk about as to why we ha- uh, selected said movie. So... I think that's it. You know, this being the second episode of Movie Wars, I'm still trying to kind of get in a swing of things. And so I covered the rules, talked about who we are. <laughs> what else is there? Do you think I covered everything? Well, I have a I, – I, I'm trying to remember back. Um, and I think I'm wrong because your favorite movie is Back to the Future. That came out in 1985, right? It did, yes. Okay, so then your favorite movie wasn't in your list because you didn't have it as an option. So then, that's correct. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I I will be uh, I will be utilizing my favorite movie of all time. 
of all time. No kidding. I'll be uh, you know looking forward to hearing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I will have to definitely do a 1985 one year for sure. So this is it. This is going to kick off uh, episode two of Movie Wars. So um, I guess, you know, one other thing is for anybody that's listening to this for the first time, I usually do movie reviews from all different years, really. You know, I have different guests come on and we talk about it, have a good time. We talk about the number one song that came out and other movies that released that same weekend. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would definitely recommend the first Movie Wars. And check out any of the other episodes I've done recently, too. Uh, Titanic is my latest uh, movie review. And that was a fun episode uh, with guest Chrissy from the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast. And it's been getting a lot of love. Been hearing a lot of great feedback. So check that episode out. So a little shameless plug there for me. Um, so, DJ, you our, are the guest uh, the first category we got, actually, you know what? How about I go down the category too, so that way the listeners know uh, what to expect. That would be good too to set them up. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, the very first category we're going to go over is best special effects. Then we're going to go to best fight scene, best writing, best soundtrack, uh, best sequel or prequel, best horror, best family movie, best comedy, best action, best drama breakthrough performance now that's not the um like someone's very first performance it's the basically the performance that made them who they are uh, or the very the very first time they got noticed uh, I, I would say uh, best villain comes after that we got best director best female female performance uh best male performance and I think that's it. I almost yeah. actually uh, read off one of my answers. <laughs> you know, I was trying to look for the for the category, so I'm glad I took a break there. So that's it. And then after that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the movies we wish that we were able to use that was just right outside of that uh, top 30 grossing. Uh, there was definite. I chose 95 specifically because there were two movies, uh, at least, that I, was, I was hoping to use. And surprisingly, they were outside the 30. Uh, but DJ, you chose 1999. Was there a specific reason that this year, other than, um, you know, your favorite movie of all time being released that year? I I was aware of two other movies that came out that I was interested in putting up against something. And when I ended up looking at the list of all 30, I was actually shocked to know that some of these other movies had come out the same year. I didn't I hadn't put those together that way. So it was I I I, I primarily went for 99 specifically because of that one movie, but yeah, I I knew kind of a few other ones. Okay. Yeah, 95 was definitely uh nostalgic for me, obviously. Uh it was uh, an innocent time for me. I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old, so I was in middle school. So a lot of these movies, um, you know, I kind of watched, well, not on this list, but uh, there was a lot of movies from 95 that I would watch over and over again, uh, some of which I've actually reviewed on this show, and uh, they will come up uh, in honorable mentions at least. And so, I should I should say, too, that in 95, so we have an age gap between us. In 1995, I was in Okinawa, Japan in the Navy. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I didn't realize how much older you are than me. Uh, I turned 41 this year. Oh, uh, you look 22, sir. 
Only if I <laughs> shave this chin fuzz off. All right. So uh, best special effects is our first category. You being the guest, uh, you list yours first, and then we'll uh, get to talking. I chose the only one that really had the er, everything to offer, and that was Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Okay, that's a good one. Um, actually, that's a great one. Uh, I chose Batman Forever. Oh. So say what you will about that uh, that movie, but I mean, it wasn't this like this screams nineteen nineties. You know, you uh, coming off of uh, Tim Burton's Batman uh, Returns in nineteen ninety two, I believe it was. Uh, very gothic. You know, very black and white. A lot of snow. Uh, very gloomy. And then you get Joel Schumacher, and he MTVs it up, right? Uh, everything's glowing, neon lights. Everything's very fast-paced, quick cuts, uh, things of that nature. But um, from what the, I had... It was the introduction yeah. of the black light that really caught everybody's attention, but then it, yeah. it they took it too far in future installments. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you got the, uh, the Batcave, the Batmobile is on steroids, <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of pretty good visuals. I mean, you got uh, the Riddler, you know, his little hideout or whatever. You got a lot of green. Um, Two Faces Lair, a lot of very nice fixtures as well. Not so much special effects there, but a lot of big backdrops, I guess, that were probably CGI. Well, in as far as Batman lore goes, I am a huge Riddler fan. I don't like the Joker, but I love the Riddler. And when they announced that the two villains were coming out, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And then I'm not sure Jim Carrey was the right fit for that role, but I still enjoyed it because it was the Riddler. Okay. And Star Wars. Star Wars. It's hard to argue with how much effort they put into the special effects. And um, the reason that it was such a hands-down for me is there are entire settings that they're fighting in or participating in that don't exist. That's entirely a blue or green screen. Right. Like hard the, to argue there. Like the the battle with Darth Maul, the two, uh, Kenobi and, and, and Jin versus Maul, that none of that happens on an actual... F- I mean, all of that's digitally imprinted in the background. Yeah. Totally yeah, you amazing. definitely beat me. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's, I mean, it's really hard to, def- to battle a Star Wars. I mean, if, if, if a Star Wars popped up in a year that you got to use, I mean, that's going to, that's going to win as, uh, special effects. I agree. I agree. No, that, uh, I remember that movie very well, uh, that, you know, what, what was it? 28 years or something, I guess, or you, you probably it know was... better than I. It was, uh, let's see, 85 was the Return of the Jedi, so 99, um, 20, 24, 34? Okay, 24, probably sounds right. Uh, That movie came out while I was working at the movie theaters, and boy, was it crazy. So I was 16 years old, and um, yeah, the lines were crazy. I have never seen anything like that before in my life, and so it was kind of cool. I got to experience that. That was my very first uh, Star Wars experience in the movie theater. And I'm I'm not I, I I love the entire saga, and I I know every single one of the installments has something you can pull out of it, and and the people that deny certain movies just because they didn't don't think it fits into their vision, it's I mean you can pull anything out of these things, as there's always something. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, they're not the greatest, you know, but uh, I could still watch some of them. I mean, but uh, I think we can all agree. Episode two was probably the worst. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, and uh, enough said there. So, all right, this one's going to be interesting because the next uh, next category we got is best fight scene. And like 1999, there's only one movie that stands out for me. So I'm very curious to see where you went with that one. Uh, but since you went first last time, my best fight scene is between two characters by the name of uh, Scorpion and Johnny Cage. Ooh. And I am talking about Mortal Kombat. So there was definitely a lot of fight scenes there. Uh, and I'll get into why I chose that. But uh, what did you have for best fight scene? I chose Neo versus Agent Smith. Okay, that, I, I kind of figured. Kind of figured. <laughs> I I was toying between the 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 special effects and the fight scene, and I had a hard time replacing Star Wars as the special effects. So I really I needed the fight scene out of there because it's it's truly epic. It's a really good one. And uh, now, which which fight scene is this? This is the one that ends up where he's running down the hall eventually and gets shot and killed. So it's the fight scene is long. I mean, they okay. start out in the subway and they get to the apartment building. Yeah, I think that one definitely trumps mine. Uh, the Scorpion and Johnny Cage. You know, like, there's a lot of fight scenes in Mortal Kombat, but the reason I uh, I chose this one is because there's a change in scenery. You know, where Johnny Cage is like walking through the forest and then he encounters Scorpion. And then they teleport to Scorpion's lair. So um, for those that uh, have listened to, you know, me on this podcast, maybe I haven't spoken too much about the uh, about the the franchise, like the game. But definitely on my other podcast, we got five. I talk extensively about Mortal Kombat and my affinity for it. Um, then you and I can have some great video game conversations because I love Mortal Kombat. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I, I spent countless hours uh, waiting in line, putting that quarter up on the by the controls to say, "Hey, I got next." Uh, not too long ago, my friend, he's got like the NES emulator, the the classic, and they had Mortal Kombat one, two, three, and trilogy. No, one, two, three, and Ultimate trilogy or Ulti- something. Ultimate trilogy, yeah. But I was able to pop in part two, which is my uh, favorite game of all time. And I chose Baraka. And they're like, oh, okay, let's see if you still got it. Well, I was, you know, able to get down most of the moves. Uh, I didn't get no flawless victory, which is, hey, whatevs. But when it came down to fatality, I still had it. I still remembered the one that I would use, uh, back forward, down forward, low punch. And Baraka, he stabs you and lifts you up. So it's like the, I forget what it's called, but the something lift, I'm sure, stab lift or whatever. I I don't remember many of the moves, but uh, I have a character for each game that I can totally dominate with. And for two, it was um, Reptile. And for three, okay. three and the Ultimate Trilogy and all that, any version of three, it's Sub-Zero. I, I've got the combo down so good that nobody would play me if I chose him. So it was, it was very discouraging. <laughs> uh, I'd be very interested because my guy was Cabal in uh three and trilogy and all that so i got his down too and yeah. uh, i think i still got the uh still i think i got the combo down still too so yeah that'll be interesting to play against you one day i'm super rusty <laughs> all right uh well, hey i thought i was too but i was able to get the, you, you i mean it's like riding a bike it's like riding a bike all right so that's a good one um yeah i definitely give give it to you for matrix there uh next category category three we got best writing all right, I had to pull out the biggest gun possible, and that was M. Night Shyamalan for Sixth Sense. All right, 
It did come out that year. All right. Uh, hmm. Interesting. I went with Aaron Sorkin's American President. Oh, you recently had a podcast about that. I too. did. I did. Yeah, I reviewed that movie. Uh, I did that with network mate Liz, uh, who does a lot of coverages on TV at My Brain. Uh, the American President, yeah, written by Aaron Sorkin. The um, A lot of the stuff that he wrote for that movie would eventually go on uh, to West Wing. And so anybody that has seen a lot of the movies he's written, you know, is very well uh uh, well-written, very fast-paced. Uh, I also recently did an episode on my other podcast, Original Remake, where we kind of compared the founder and social network because it's kind of the same idea. You know, both kind of, you know, based uh, on true story, but they also have a very similar concept in, in the story. So uh, I, I just think, I, I don't know, I've yet to watch a movie that uh, that the writing sucked that was written by Aaron Sorkin. Well, I've not seen The American President, nor have I seen The Founder, so I didn't listen to that episode. But um, listening to The American President episode, I didn't realize it had downloaded on my feed, so it just kind of fell in. I'm like, ah, I'll just leave it on. But you have made me want to watch it, because if it is like The West Wing was written, and I wasn't a big West Wing fan, but I did see plenty of episodes, um, I would be interested in checking it out. Yeah, a lot of great monologues. A lot of great monologues in, in that one. Uh, Michael J. Fox has this really great one, too, which I think I played the clip on on that episode. But, uh, yeah, tell me why you chose M. Night. The Sixth Sense, to me, is the last of his universally accepted great movies. Now, I think that he has gone on to do other great movies, but, I mean, after The Sixth Sense, everybody else's opinions seem to go downhill. And I, The Sixth Sense is really the only movie on the list where I could say that even after a rewatch knowing the ending it's hard to pick out some of the stuff that we're supposed to just catch like oh now we know but I mean yeah there's some obvious things but there's a he's super subtle in in that but I I uh I had to make some choices on my list here <laughs> no I get you I, I totally get where you're going with that but do you think that that's uh, more writing or maybe more of the directing as well? It's it's probably a lot of the directing because um, if you think about it, if you both write and direct, then you're kind of sitting in the spot where you're guiding. It's you you can put things on rails at that point. So I mean, with the writing, I would have to go with Sorkin. Okay. All right. Well, hey, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. <laughs> um, but no, Sixth Sense is definitely uh, one of my favorite movies. Um, you know, uh, again, that came out in the movie theaters when I worked there. And I've told this story, too, where I came home after watching The Sixth Sense to find, um, you know, my, my dad had bought me my very first car. Wow. So I watched The Sixth Sense, came home, had a, had a new car. So that definitely has a special place in my heart, that movie. Um, all right, so let's go to the next category, Best Soundtrack. You're going to kill me on this one. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> you didn't have very much, huh? Well, the thing is, I had about three or four, and I kind of went with one uh, like overall album with like the artists and stuff like that. So you went first you, last time? You reveal first. Okay, so my uh, Best Soundtrack, I went with Waiting to Exhale. I don't know that I've seen that movie. 
I haven't either, but I do know at least two or three songs that were uh, huge hits, actually, uh, that came out in uh, 1995, one of which was uh, Shoop by Whitney Houston and then Not Gonna Cry by Mary J. Blige. Oh, I like my Mary J. Blige. Yep. I went with Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Okay. (laughs) The reason I chose it is because the other movie on... I ended up using it somewhere else, but the other movie I thought was going to be my go-to for that is music that I absolutely do not listen to. It's, it's none of it was, I, I mean, looking at the list of it, I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? So I started looking at my other movies and Austin Powers has the most, I guess, of what I had left that I would enjoy personally. I wanted to go with something I enjoyed. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Just a little bit more on waiting to exhale here. It did come out with seven singles. Um, the number one, the album remained at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart for five weeks, and top R&B album chart for ten weeks, going seven times platinum. Um, it, it spawned two number one hits, uh, which are the two songs that I well, one song I mentioned, "Shoop" and "Let It Flow." That one doesn't ring a bell right now, but then it also had. Uh, let's see here. Three top ten hits sitting up in my room. Not going to cry and count on me. So there we go. I, I don't know. Let me check mine here real quick. I don't know if it's going to tell me. I don't think it's going to tell me. Um, on, on, on the list, there's Madonna with Beautiful Stranger. There's Who, The Who with My Generation, which I don't know. Oh, that was the live version, I guess. Uh, R.E.M. is on there. Lenny Kravitz. Um, Green Day, The Flaming Lips, uh, Elvis Costello, and Burt Bacharach. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh so yeah, he he's. I think he's in uh, featured in all three movies, <laughs> the entire trilogy. Oh, is he? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, um, because when he like uh, in part one when he gets unfrozen, that's like one of the the vinyls that he has is the Burt Bacharach. Oh, so and okay. I, I think he's even even in one scene too playing himself. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, a very diverse group of artists, and uh, I'm sure a lot of great songs too. Uh, but like, j- just about uh, just about every song on this album is written by Babyface. Uh, you got Whitney Houston, Tony Braxton, Aretha Franklin, Brandy, TLC, Shaka Khan, and Patti LaBelle, Faith Evans, and that's just maybe a little over half uh, of the of the artists that's on this album. Yeah, and like I said, this I I I have to go with yours because I I I I ended up with Austin Powers. I didn't go out looking for Austin right. Powers. No, I got you. But yeah, d- definitely nobody's gonna go out and be like, you know what? I need to throw on some some uh, spy who shagged me uh, yeah. as I dr- drive down the freeway. Um, oh. Okay, so the the next one, uh, I think this will be interesting here. But we got best sequel or prequel. I had one option, one, just one. Okay. Toy Story 2. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a good one. It's a good one to go with. Uh I had I had about 3, at least 3 to choose from. I went with Die Hard with the Vengeance, the oh. third one. So, you got Samuel Jackson in that one. Um and uh you know, Han's brother, uh Jeremy Irons is in this one. So, um I don't remember it as much as like the other two movies, but I, I I think this is one of those things where people are like, oh yeah, just keep it in the first three movies. Anything after that didn't happen. 
there's there is that but um die hard like the fast and the furious has been resurrected with the the later movies i mean they're getting better again but um that one i remember because of samuel l jackson but it seemed like they were trying to go a slightly different direction with the rather than take a airplane or a building hostage they were trying to you know go about a bigger area to work in okay now with toy story 2 what i like about that one I don't know if I have a fair Toy Story just yet, but in part two, I like how it's about Woody and how he finds out about his background, you know, as as a toy and how popular he was, uh, and and all that. And no, not Pistol, uh, Prospect Pete, you know. And then he also meets uh, Jesse, you know, which becomes a uh, a very big character in that movie, and consequently in the third movie. So uh, I, I like Toy Story two a lot actually for for best sequel in this case. It's all all of them are tear jerkers. I think that one was a little more so because we got to go into Woody's backstory. Yeah, so I'm, I think I'm gonna give it to you for that one. Unless, unless unless you're like no no Die Hard with a Vengeance is definitely the better movie, which I don't think anybody would say. I it's that one's in that weird gray zone of I'm not I I enjoyed it, but was it super popular? I I can't really say. Right. All right. Okay, so uh, the next one we got, this one was a little tough because I barely had one on this one, uh, but it's best horror. Yeah. So I didn't have like a real traditional horror movie on here. That was a tough one, but uh, Species. I've seen that movie. I've seen it too. I vaguely remember it. Uh, so sci-fi thriller, I think, is probably more so. Um, Natasha Henstridge. Oh, Wait. Natasha Henstridge. Maybe I'm thinking of something else then. Maybe you know. Maybe I got the wrong Natasha. Wait, wait. Is <laughs> is is Adrian Brody in that? I doubt it. Okay, then I'm definitely thinking of the wrong movie. <laughs> okay, I'll, um, I'll, we'll 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 figure it out. Um, I think I've got the the knockout punch here with the Blair Witch Project, like the first one. It it is Natasha Henstridge. Uh, the Blair Witch. Okay. The first one. You know what? Bef- um, before they let the cat out of the bag, people were legit scared of that movie. Like, legit. Again, they came out when I was in theaters. Didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Um, the, Okay, so back to some of the characters. You had Ben Kingsley, Michael Madsen, Alfred Molina, Forrest Whitaker, Natasha Henstridge being the alien here. Um, So, the, yeah, this one is a sci-fi horror thriller Motley Crue, a scientist, government agents, tries to track down a seductive alien, played by Henstridge, before she successfully mates with a human male. So, she's the reason I went on to watch, like, two and three. And I think three, they had somebody else, but, um, Species, yeah, that was a thing. God, I wonder what the movie I'm thinking of is. It sounds very similar to what I'm thinking, but... It's not Predators, is it? Well, <laughs> I can tell. Robert, let, let me look Rodriguez up. movie? Well, no, because the uh, I love Predator. I love the Predator franchise. I'm not a Xenomorph fan. I'm I'm really into uh, Predators. But the uh, Adrian Brody, I know, was in the one that I'm thinking of. So let me just look up his IMDb real quick. Oh, Splice is what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. I 
kind of remember hearing that there's no. there's there's a there's an alien thing and there's a sex thing going on and it's very creepy so when you said the mating i'm like oh that is the same movie no it's it, i'm thinking of different so i haven't seen species then okay i it, i remember it's like one of those that used to play on hbo a lot and i re, i think i remember natasha Henstridge being naked and stuff so well, it would have come out while I was in Okinawa, so I mean, it's not like I would have been able to see it in the theater, and I can't say that I was in a horror state of mind back then either. Yeah, it got a 5.8 on IMDb anyway, so... Ah, uh, yeah. So it wouldn't have not lasted long, and I... Weird times. But the Blair Witch Project, it, they presented it as real, and then it's, at some point they let the cat out of the bag... I went to see it before they let the cat out of the bag. It was it was creepy. So, so did I. Even the new yeah, one is creepy. I don't know. It was all right. All right. So I'm going to take that one. It's all yours. <laughs> I'm going to take that one. Um, I would be curious to see if somebody was like, no, no, hands down, Blair Witch was better. Oh, um, and I should say for the listeners that when I listened to your first movie wars, I was determining who I thought won, and I gave you the win. Like, ah, I appreciate that for the whole thing. So maybe if they want to write in and whatnot, here you oh, go. Oh yeah, absolutely. We would definitely like to know what uh, people think here. Uh, so your go, and our next category is best family movie. I just want to say that the position of this category after the last one is a weird decision on your part. We go from horror. Yeah, to you're family. probably right. <laughs> best family movie should go first. Well, the thing is, uh, I could change it. the The reason it's there is because it replaced uh, montage. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that was in there, and I didn't get. That's good because I don't think I had a montage. Yeah, I, I think like <laughs> like like uh, post ninety five. There's probably no montages. They're few and far between. Right. So, best family movie, Stuart Little. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Michael J. Fox voices the mouse, and then you got uh, that Lip Nicky kid. Is that his name? Just Justin, you know the kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure I butchered his name. Uh, for me, I got the original Toy Story. Oh, yeah, Stuart Little. Hard to not, beat. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so. I wanted to put Toy Story 2 here, but after I was looking for the prequel sequel, I'm like, oh my god, I don't have one. I have to put Toy Story 2 up there. That is crazy <laughs> that you only had like the one prequel or sequel in there. Um, well, okay, it wasn't just one that year, but it was the only one in the top 30 grossing. Well, right, right. That's what I meant. Yeah, it was... um, that, that's yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, kind of like what I mentioned, I barely had like a horror movie. Uh, Species came in like at the in the bottom thirty, obviously. Um, yeah, Toy Story really hard to beat. I mean, like it, it changed the CGI, right? The way uh, you know Pixar did things, and and soon after, uh, you know, we would get like Monsters Inc. and all of this good stuff later on. But um, I really yeah, think Toy Story was, was definitely launch. a pioneer. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the that was the flagship. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, I I didn't see Stuart Little, so I can't say much other than the fact that I know it's a mouse driving a car. Well, I mean, you got Hugh Laurie and uh, Gina Davis playing the parents, and I like them both, but. I mean, it's fine. It is nothing like worth going out and goes going to see. At least with Toy Story, you're like, yeah, you know, if you don't already own it, you should at least watch it, kind of deal. And I have seen them all. Yep, I own them all. 
Um, okay, so that was Best Family Movie. So we are moving to Best Comedy. And you kicked it off last time. So for me, and this was tough because I feel like 95 had a lot of good ones. Um, but some of the ones I, there was one I definitely wanted to use here that was way outside the uh, top 30. But for, for comedy, I got Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Oh, if you had Pet Detective, I would have given it to you without even saying anything. But Nature Calls has got some some quirks. I chose Galaxy Quest. Okay, that's a good one. It is. I like that one a lot, actually. Uh, Ace Ventura, the reason I picked this one is because... Um, the the thing the thing is I actually liked the sequel better. Uh, this one was written and I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think also directed by Steve uh, Oderkirk. I think that's his name. Um, he would go on to do like a, a kung wait kung pao, the fists of the. Uh, yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Kung, yeah. Yeah. So I think he wrote and directed this one. Um, I like this one a lot actually, is because the the I feel there's more quotes in this one that I recall or maybe it's just I watched the the sequel more than I did the first one but um, one of my common jokes that I still say to this day is Bumblebee Tuna oh I I say Bumblebee Tuna all the time I, if, if we're yeah. going to go with quotes yeah I, I pull a lot of them out of there too but I do I, I, I like the other one better but I, I it's it's they're they're both good because you know you're, you're talking about 95 here what when did the first one come out like 93 94 I think at uh-huh. this point, Jim Carrey was definitely up there. You know, he was at his prime at this point. I already mentioned Batman Forever for special effects. So he had a, a huge year at this point. Uh, this is also the year after Mask and, and stuff. And I feel Ace Ventura was really good, but I feel Mask might have been like his breakthrough. I I was not happy with the way they did the Mask. I mean, it, they just... There was so much more. They went for the guffaws rather than the presentation. I don't know. I was I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but that's not in this list. Uh, no, it's, it's not. Uh, Pet, Pet Detective came out ninety four, so it was very the very next year. This one year, so year before. Yeah, and and I'm sure I can see a lot of people thinking that like Jim Carrey was very obnoxious in this movie. Well. So was the character, and that's the way he is. Uh, so I would definitely like to hear some feedback on that one uh, between Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, and Galaxy Quest. I do like Galaxy Quest a lot, too, and a lot of people don't remember, but Sam Rockwell is in that movie. And the guy that plays Agent Coulson is in there, too. He's one of the oh, aliens. See, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's definitely a good one. I love it because it's a complete ripoff of, or it's a complete riff on Star Trek, and you everything in there. If you just replace everything and put it Star Trek ish, you can. It's it's <laughs> it's it's good stuff. I'm. I think you might win that one. I will, I'm I, gonna give it to you. Uh, well, if you want to, I suppose. But no, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm thinking back to a lot of the scenes. Uh, in Ace Ventura too, it's just a lot of physical comedy, a lot of him just riffing. You know, there's that scene where um, there's like these guys they're trying to show him some slides, and then he's like doing shadow puppets on this guy's like you know chest and stuff. Mask of Zorro. Three darts is too yeah. much. <laughs> exactly, man. I feel like uh, I need to re- rewatch those now. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. So okay, so that's best comedy. Uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Absolutely. Uh, Best action. Best action is our next category there. 
because I had used both the Matrix and Star Wars already, I went with Wild Wild West. Wow. Okay. All right. This is the Will Smith movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> okay. Okay. Based on the TV show. Yes. Right. Uh, the, the one he turned Matrix down for to do. And doesn't he feel silly about that now? I, I, I bet he does. I bet he does. Uh, so you went with Wild Wild West. I went with Heat. Have you heard of that little movie? Um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and uh, no? No, that's Red Heat. That's that's 80s. No, Heat has uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. I think it's uh, directed by Michael Mann, if I'm not mistaken. It's a heist movie. Yeah, I vaguely remember it, but I mean, just the first three names there—it's you blow me out of the water. I, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll finish that. You blow me out of the water. <laughs> yes, yes. The uh, great scene between De Niro and uh, Al Pacino as well uh, is one of those things that, like, they—they they needed to get these two people together. You know, kind of like uh, I don't know if you ever saw Runaway Jury. I did not. Uh, it's uh, it's based on a novel. I forget who the author was, but in um, so your two big actors in that movie was Gene Hackman and um, Dustin Hoffman. Th- those were your two big leads in that movie. John Cusack was also in the movie, and they're playing for opposing sides. In the book, they don't share a scene together at all, but in the movie, these two actors had never worked together, so they wrote a scene just so they could put these two together on screen. So... I don't remember the story with Heat. Maybe that was already just like the thing. But to kind of see them on screen together again, that was very nice. You know, since Godfather. Yeah. I mean, and and I, I, I like De Niro and damn near everything he's in. So, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that. Pacino can be hit or miss in places. But uh, like I said, I, oh, yeah. I went with... He was on freaking... Uh, was it Jack and Jill? Um, yeah. Adam Sandler? Yeah. He was in that. I went with Wild Wild West because I watched the show as a kid and um, I figured that even though I haven't seen the movie, I, I've seen enough of the scenes taken out of it to know that there's a lot of action in it. And I was kind of hoping that it stayed fairly close to the intention. I know there's a giant robot spider at the end, but I can't yeah. help that. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Kenneth Branagh couldn't even save that movie. Oh. Um, but yeah, if you haven't watched Heat, do yourself a favor, check out Heat. Uh, so I'm going to steal that one, Best Action there. Absolutely. All right, Best Drama is the next category. Uh, you went first, last one? You're going Best Drama. I'm going Best Drama. All right, Best Drama, Braveheart. Another movie I haven't seen, and everybody gets oh, wow. on me about it too, and I'm like, I've just never had the chance to watch it. It won Best Picture. <laughs> It uh, it wasn't so bad. Uh, I went yeah. with Any Given Sunday, an Al Pacino movie. Okay. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. Uh, Braveheart got nominated and won a lot of Academy Awards. Based based off of a, a, a true story, yeah. And I, I of what I had left, Any Given Sunday was the most dramatic that I didn't want to... So... And, here we go. Looking back up at soundtrack, any given Sunday was what I wanted to put up there, but I don't listen to any of that music, any of it. It's all rap and R and B. Yeah. Yep. The, it's a good soundtrack. Um, both <laughs> movies, both movies, uh, a lot of penises. Yes, yes, there yep. were a lot of penises in. Well, because it's a guy's locker room. 
It is a guy's locker room. And then this one, there's a lot of flashing with uh, under the kilts. Well, he eats thunder <laughs> and craps lightning, or eats lightning and craps thunder. One of the two. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> that was his big speech. Even I know the I, big speech. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the words. Oh. I, I I remember it being parodied more than I remember the actual speech from the movie. That's that's how you know that they did something right. Is they're parodied the crap out of it. They even did it in Brave. You know, the Disney's Pixar movie, Brave. They kind of did the same thing with the, you know, blue face paint and everything. I haven't seen Brave yet, but now that it's rentable, because oh. I, I, my, my, my missus likes to watch the, the animated stuff. It's a good one. There's just a little mystical stuff that happens in there that makes me kind of raise an eyebrow a little bit. But it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, check out Braveheart, too, though. Well, I, yeah, uh, it came out while I was in the Navy and like everybody was watching it at the time. And then I just, I always missed the viewings. So I never got a chance to watch it because everybody had seen it. Nobody wanted to watch it with me. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm stuck and my wife doesn't want to watch it. So you got to do like me and just start watching things on your own. Yeah. That means I have to have time on my own. (laughs) That's a good point. All right. So best villain is our next category. And without even going any further, I feel like I got this one. Wait. But um, I have breakout performance on my next oh, one. Oh, no, you're right. My bad, my bad. Breakthrough uh, performance. Yep, that is the next one. Okay. I, I had a stretch here because this was the last spot I filled. And I'm going to go with Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment. Okay. Uh, not one that I saw, but I know that uh, I think it, I think it uh, had just got done getting out of the theaters when I started there. But for me... I went with Will Smith and Bad Boys. Now, I know he was in Six Degrees of Separation, but if you say, hey, what was Will Smith's first movie? Most people are going to say Bad Boys because that's what they remember him from the most. And I feel that's what separated him from his Fresh Prince persona, you know, on TV. So I went, uh, yeah, Will Smith as Mike Lowry from Bad Boys. Well, the... The options I had, I did choose Catherine Zeta-Jones because um, she hadn't been in that many movies before that one. So, um, in fact, let me go back. Oh, actually. Oh, yeah, because she did a bunch of spots and small pieces. and Well, she was in movies, but she wasn't like the main character or anything like that. Um, but uh, I, I feel like what maybe... Oh, gosh, I don't know if she... This is really shitty to say, but I don't feel like she's really quite had a breakout role. Like I feel like she had a bigger role in the in the Mask of Zorro than she did Entrapment, which is the movie that came right before that. But I I was I was struggling to fill that with everything else. So it's I, I totally will give bad. I, you've you've got Will Smith there. There's no I, I didn't have much to work with. He even comes back to replay the character again in part two. So And yep. there is a rumor that there will be a part three. That's what I hear. And possibly even a four. I'm just like, give it up. Come on, stop it. Um but you know what? Give me give me him in Bad Boys, whatever, instead of Suicide Squad. I'd be fine with that. Yes. Alright. So best villain. Best villain. Uh I think you kicked off first, right? Yeah, yeah, you went. Yeah, yeah you went. Catherine Zeta Jones first. Okay, for best villain, I went with Kevin Spacey as John Doe in Seven. David Fincher. God. Oh, please, God, tell me you've seen that movie. I have. I'm trying to remember the details. That's the one with uh, P- 
it, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Okay, yep. so I am thinking of the right one. God. You know, Spacey does such a good job that you almost forget he's in these things. Yep. He was in another movie that I'll bring up at the uh, honorable mentions that I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't in the top 30, but it's fine. <laughs> and I chose Imhotep from The Mummy. Okay. He's he's all right. He, so someone mystical. He's not a bwahaha, but he's got he's very determined. He's got a singular goal, and he's pushing to get that specific goal completed, which I think is every bad guy's big motivator. Um, and yes, there was a lot of things going on around him, but um, the the villain is never the villain of their own story. So I I think that Imhotep thinks he's the the, the hero of his little, you know, he's he's defeated death. Yeah, yeah. Well, with uh, Kevin Spacey here, like the things that he does in this movie, uh, and then also the the very infamous scene at the end with, uh, you know, in, involving a box, you know, uh, being sent to Brad Pitt. I, I think, uh, think I think I might have the edge on that one. I don't think we see Imhotep do anything quite uh, close to that sinister. Not not so much, no. And it's, I mean. Like I said, Spacey's one of those guys to where he you see his name in the credits and you go, what the hell was he doing in most movies because he's so damn good at what he does? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that there one. There we go. All right. Well, thank you. It's a David Fincher movie as well compared to a Stephen Summers. So <laughs> nothing wrong with Stephen Summers, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after Best Villain, we got Best Director. And uh, I chose... Well, this is, I, I was I was toying with the M Night Shyamalan here, but I went with Tim Burton for Sleepy Hollow. Okay, I like that movie. I actually reviewed it on the show as well. I like that movie a lot, actually. Uh, the one I went with is uh, Ron Howard for Apollo Thirteen. Oh God! Anything that Ron Howard does, R- that Ron Howard, yeah, takes, pretty much takes an actual event and he movieizes it. Yeah, that's. And I feel most people probably remember Apollo 13 more than uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow, they, it was a nice little twist on what was going on. But, I mean, it was basically you can you you can see Tim Burton's movies in your head if you just close your eyes. And he's they're almost all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. So, there we go. And then, uh, yeah, hard to kind of go against. Like, uh, you know, Tom Hanks is also in that movie. But, I mean... They were in space for crying out loud, and and you know what? Honestly, like uh, I do really enjoy Sleepy Hollow, but some of those you can tell are like actual sets. Yeah, yeah. So Ron Howard working with a bigger budget. So, uh, so there we go. Uh, I'm a steal best director for that one. You are. Uh, next, uh, next category. I got best female performance. Now I know I struggled in 1984, and even. As we speak, to, well, you know, today I think we're starting to get better, but over time, it was very difficult uh, to, you know, have very good material for for women. So, um, yeah, I'd be very interested to see what you had in 1999. Um, I think I go first, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now this one, and this is the funny thing, because in the first episode, I said this a lot. I don't get to say it as much this time, but this is a movie I'd never seen. Uh-huh. Um. And it is Meryl Streep as Francesca Johnson in The Bridges of Madison County. Now, from my understanding, she actually got nominated for Best Actress in this role, too. 
and she's, it's Meryl Streep. So yeah, she's she's one of those that picks the roles based on the accolades that can come along with it. Not specifically for that, but she seems to gravitate towards those. I this looking back on this, I could have used her as the breakout performance, but I decided to use it as best female performance, Mina Suvari in American Beauty. Okay. I'm going to take that based on the name. Um, but I do like that, and I see why you went with that. Because well, it's if ow, I think that she also didn't have much of a... Just American Pie. No. I think that's all she she really had that same year, right? I don't know. It's, uh, Actually, she... I feel like, no. American. Yeah, did American Pie come out in 99? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So that's all she really had was that. And I remember her in a couple movies, but... Um, I mean, she was, you know, relatively young and upcoming and, yeah, did a complete nude scene in uh, um, American Beauty, you know, and that does go on to win Best Picture. And that movie was spectacular. I mean, every, Kevin Spacey was in it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. So that that's a tough one to say for Best Female Performance because... Because I, I, I haven't seen Bridges of uh, Madison County. So um I haven't but seen just it either. because Yeah. But but just because she was nominated for Best Actress, I definitely want to hear from the listeners uh what they think there. Yeah, they're probably gonna um, roll their eyes at me. <laughs> well, I mean it, because it's Meryl Streep, it, it is is what it is. Yeah. So uh all right. Best male performance. We um this is it. This is uh, the very last one. I was given a gift here. I really was. Yeah, okay. All right. Michael Clark Duncan in The Green Mile. Okay. That's a it's a really good one. Um for best male performance. Okay. That's that's the best one you got. Uh-oh. What do you Oh my. Now now you got me worried. Yeah, that's the best one well, I got. Now this one is a movie I also covered. Uh I went with Richard Dreyfuss as a Glenn Holland in Mr. Holland's Opus which uh, was filmed here in Portland, Oregon. Um, Richard Dreyfuss was nominated for Best Actor. You know, he plays Glenn Holland, who is a, a music teacher, and it chronicles his life of 30 years, um, starting as a like a 30-year-old music teacher, uh, has a son who is deaf, and, has to, and he has to learn sign language himself. Um, and he often puts like his students and his work before his family, and yeah, just you know the life of this man as a, as a teacher and uh, all the different types of students. So you get to see this huge arc with him, and also like uh, th- there's there's a thing where he has to deal with this student that's infatuated with him, and he he has to play. Oh gosh, it's really hard to explain, but um, Richard Dreyfuss had to do so much. And I think if I remember from the review, he lost out to, I want to say Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas. Well, maybe that was just another nomination too. I don't know. I, I really forgot. But Richard Dreyfuss, um, he killed it in that movie. If anyone has not seen Mr. Holland's Opus, especially if you were like in band or something, it's a great movie. Like this mo- this movie was like a great love letter to like music teachers and um, band teachers and, and stuff like that, choir teachers, whatever. Um, it's a great movie. Richard Dreyfuss, I feel, should have won Best Picture uh, based on like who I saw was also nominated with him and who I won. Who won. Maybe it wasn't Nicolas Cage. I don't know. I, I don't remember who won, 
but I, I think uh, Richard Dreyfus was definitely robbed, snubbed, if you will. Well, I haven't seen Mr. Holland's opus, so I mean, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air there. I don't think it, it definitely wouldn't have interested me in 1995 where I was at. Uh, that would be another one. Of course, I was, I was probably in, I was either in Okinawa or back from it by that time that one came out, but uh, being tw- 1920-ish, loads of cash because I was in the military. Just, it wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been a thing that anyone that I knew would have sought out in a group anyway. So um, yeah, it, it's just um, the movie I didn't see until a little bit later in life. But I remember when the movie came out, there was. Um, a lot of buzz around the students that uh, because you know since it was filmed in 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 our hometown, uh, a lot of kids were going out to like audition just for just to be background and and things like that. So going and watching it, it was really nice to kind of see Portland, um, you know, on screen. But uh, definitely worth a check out. And I'm and if anything, Michael Clark Duncan he might have been nominated for like best supporting, if anything, yeah. which I don't think he was either. Well. You know, I'd have to look that up. My, in fact, my, I must have to. I don't know. My, I, my internet must be sucked up here because my phone's not connected to anything anymore. But, um, yeah, it's I, I just I just remember him playing Green Mile. I didn't see when it came out. I saw it much much later, and I saw it. I want to say it as a TV, like they broke it up for TV into smaller chunks. I don't know. Right, why. because it's a long ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> But he's... I saw that in theater, yeah. You know, if I'm thinking about it really hard, the only two characters I can even remember are Tom Hanks and Michael Clark Duncan's characters. David Morse was also in there. Um, You also got... uh, Oh, yeah, uh, Michael Jeter. He's in there as well. Barry Pepper. So, um, a decent amount of people. Sam Rockwell, I forgot. He was also in there, too. Was he? Uh, Yeah, yeah. He was uh, one of the guards. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find... Like awards and stuff. Um, well, let me try the internet because um, obviously my my IMDb app is what it was actually killing me here. So, so Michael Clark Duncan was nominated for um, yeah uh, best actor in a supporting role. Wow, I didn't even choose the best one. <laughs> so okay, so now that we've hit the end, let's. Uh, so in my top thirty. If I was to use a different best male actor, I guess John Travolta and the General's Daughter could have been used. I mean, I, I didn't see that movie, but I heard he totally knocked that one out of the park. It was okay. We, we've got it was okay. We've got the anti-Semite uh, uh, Mel Gibson playing uh, whatever in Payback. I didn't see that one either. Uh, he was the bad guy in that one, I think. Um. Well. I, he was the bad guy, but he, it's like he was the main character. Like you're supposed and, to root, yeah. You're supposed to root for the bad guy in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know Notting Hill came out, but I, I can't stand uh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. It was, it was cute. It was cute. <sighs> but uh, yeah, you might have that might have been the best you got was a, a supporting role. Um, I, the, a movie that I really wanted to use and I couldn't, I, I didn't, I, I used, I didn't use it for anything. Um, the world is not enough. It was in the top 30 of 99. Okay. But I didn't have, I mean, I, I, it's like, I kept trying to slot it in there, but I don't think that Pierce Brosnan was the best male performance that year by any stretch of the imagination. 
No, I doubt it. A couple. So, so you're going over some of the movies that you wished you couldn't use that were outside the top thirty. Um, outside of the top thirty, the reason, the other reason I took ninety nine is because the best fight scene I had one in the bag. It was going to be Edward Norton versus himself in Fight Club. Ah, I like that. Number fifty three. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty. Yeah, it's pretty low. I was so heartbroken. Best comedy would have been Mystery Men. That was 68. Um, Jeez. There was a a Schwarzenegger movie in here, too. Um, True Lies? No, that's 97. End of Days. Oh, that wasn't very good. I I liked it. And the the funny thing is, is Stigmata also came out that year. Um, What was his name? God, he played... He was in both of them. He played a priest. Oh, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, Burns? he played. Yeah. He played a priest in Sigmata and was given. Everybody was questioning his motives and why he was doing this, but he played the devil in End of Days, and nobody said boo about it. He's like, I don't understand. I could play a priest and a devil in the same year, and the priest is the one they're worried about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't religious, so I I, I don't know. That yeah, went over my head. There, there was one other one caught my eye that I would have loved to have used. God, where did it go? I have because I, I I've had the list up here. Oh, eyes wide shut would have been spectacular to use. Okay, well, would you have used that for drama? Um, either drama. I think I, I think any time Tom Cruise is in there, he he's he's in the running for best male performance too. But I I think you yeah I think that would have been a really good one. Um, that would have been a really interesting one to take to Twitter too to find out who they would have chosen was Richard Dreyfuss or Tom Cruise. Um, all right, so let me go over some of the ones I wish that I could have had used that were outside. So at number 32 was Clueless. Um, I really wanted to use Alicia Silverstone for uh, like break uh, breakthrough performance. That though been... she doesn't really go on to do, yeah, she, she doesn't really go on to do much, but that's like, I think that's kind of hard to uh, argue. She drops you know, off, she did a great job. She drops off the radar, but she is back. She's uh, she's in a, a Netflix series, I want to say, as it is. Oh, Lord. I saw her in a trailer for an upcoming kids movie where she plays the mom. Yes. That, that's uh, what I'm talking about. I, th- I thought that was oh, a series. Okay. Maybe it's just a movie. It, it is a series, but it's like the fourth installment, I feel. And uh, since the kids were getting older, they had to recast the kids. <laughs> but I kind of – I hadn't seen her in a while. And I was like, ooh, age was not kind to her. No, no it was not. Um Okay, so let's see here. We also had number 40. Uh, this one could have gone for best drama for me, Casino. Um, That's the... Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, um, Sharon Stone. Oh. Uh, best special effects, I could have used this one. My Morphin Power Rangers. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, that came in at 9, uh, 45. I just wanted to mention that because I did do a review for that one as well. That came in at 45? That came in at 45. Uh, did some pretty decent money. Uh, now, what I wanted to use for comedy, and I am surprised that this came in at number 62, or Friday. I've never seen Friday, and I don't, I don't like Ice Cube's humor, which is why I never even bothered to check it out. Okay, it's it's a classic. It's definitely a classic. I also reviewed that one. Uh, but Friday, I really wanted to use for comedy. But yeah, 62, I felt, was extremely low. 
Um, and let me see here. I'm trying to see if there was anything else that really stuck out. I know Virtuosity also came out that year with Russell Crowe and Denzel. Where did Empire uh, Records been, come out? I feel that's closer to 99. That might have been like 97, 98, maybe? No, I'm I'm pretty sure that was 95. Is that right? Uh I haven't seen it yet unless I skipped it over or it's uh, above the 100. So that's that's pretty much all the ones I wanted to bring up because I feel this was probably about the year. Oh, here's one that I could have used for horror. Um, Showgirls. Uh, it came at uh, number 80. Oh, man. There is a scene in that movie I still cannot watch. Oh, actually, hold on. I lied. Another movie I wanted to mention, Usual Suspects with Kevin Spacey. That's another one I wanted to use. 75. Oh. Do you believe that? God, that would have... Uh, that movie was so awesome. I, I'm so sad you didn't get to use that. Let me, I probably... I mean, the funny thing is I would have put that movie in the exact same spot where I got Kevin Spacey now, which is the best villain. You know, Kaiser Sose. So... Uh, so that's it. Uh, so let's go back and recap what we got. Uh, since you are the guest, just run down the categories again and what you had. Uh, best special effects, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Best fight scene, Neo versus uh, Agent Smith in The Matrix. Best writing, I went with M. Night Shyamalan in Sixth Sense. Best soundtrack, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Uh, best uh, sequel prequel, uh, Toy Story 2. Uh, in hindsight, by the way, um, Star Wars is a sequel prequel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. There you go. You could have shifted some things around. Yeah, I didn't, You're right. I didn't think it is a prequel. That. All right. Uh, best horror, Blair Witch Project. Best family movie, Stuart Little. Best comedy, Galaxy Quest. Best action, Wild Wild West. Best drama, Any Given Sunday. Breakthrough performance, Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment. Best villain, Imhotep from The Mummy. Best Director, Tim Burton for Sleepy Hollow. Best Female Performance, Mina Suvari, American Beauty. And Best Male Performance, Michael Clark Duncan in The Green Mile. All right, very good list, sir. Uh, That, again, was 1999. For 1995, Best Special Effects, I had Batman Forever. Best Fight Scene was Scorpion vs. Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, which also... I couldn't use Border Combat as best soundtrack. Yes. Um, but there's really like only one song, and then all the other songs, it's like just dance music with Raiden, Johnny Cage. Like that's <laughs> that's really all that it was. Um, best writing, Aaron Sorkin, uh, American President. Best soundtrack, Waiting to Exhale. Best sequel or prequel, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Best horror was Species. Uh, best family movie, Toy Story. Best comedy, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Best Action, Heat. Best Drama was Braveheart. Breakthrough Performance was Will Will Smith in Bad Boys. Best Villain, Kevin Spacey as John Doe in Seven. Best Director, Ron Howard for Apollo 13. Best Female Performance, Meryl Streep as Francesca Johnson in The Bridges of Madison County, which was nominated for Best Actress. And also Best Male Performance was Richard Dreyfuss as Glenn Holland in Mr. Holland's Opus, who was also nominated for Best Actor. So, hard to argue there. Uh, I, I think these are both great lists, but I definitely, definitely would like to hear what the listeners thought. Um, maybe there was uh, some honorable mentions that we didn't mention that you guys thought that uh, could have gone into uh, this list here. Now, I didn't really talk about anything that was inside my top thirty that I also could have used. Uh, Father of the Bride Part Two. You know, could have been used like a sequel. Um, I think Die Hard with the Vengeance is still the better one. 
Um, Pocahontas it could have been also a soundtrack. It's got a lot of great music in there. Uh, Reflections is one of my all-time favorite Disney songs. Uh, Dangerous Minds also had a pretty uh, pretty decent soundtrack. Uh, that was good. That would that would have been a great soundtrack too. Yeah, but uh, I think accolade wise, uh, waiting to exhale definitely. I mean, seven seven times was it platinum? Did I say it was? I mean, that's that's really a hard uh, a hard competition, and I think that's it. Uh, I didn't really have anything else in the top thirty. Um, Outbreak could have been used for something. I, I do own that movie. That's with uh, Dustin Hoffman as well. That was a spectacular movie. I like it. It's got a great cast. Renee Russo. I feel like she was in something else earlier here. Um, Nine Months, which I think you also mentioned uh, uh, Hugh Grant in uh, yeah, Runaway Bride. No, not Runaway Bride. Um, Notting Hill. Notting, Notting Hill. Hill, yeah. I Actually, I think yeah, I Notting had Hill. Runaway Bride on my list, too. Yeah, I think Nine Months could have been a good comedy. You also got Robin Williams, Julianne Moore. So I had. So there we go. I want to say I had Bicentennial Man. Very dramatic role for him. Uh, that could have gone under drama. Sam Neill, uh, Robin Williams. Let me double check that. I want to make sure. Well, it wasn't in the top 30, so I guess that would have killed it there. Yeah, it made sense. I think people wanted, you know, like your traditional Robin Williams. So you didn't know they were going to get somebody... You know, somebody dramatic. Yeah. So, so yeah, DJ, this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on to the show uh, to do this Movie Wars with me. Uh, maybe uh, you can come back and do another year sometime for sure. Yeah, and of course, there's always the uh, the uh, regular Podstalgic episode that uh, we still need to get me on for. Absolutely. That's uh, we'll, we'll tease it now. It's a... It's a superhero movie, uh, which will probably be released uh, sometime this summer. I feel it was a June. We're going to release it around the time um, Wonder Woman comes out. So that might be a clue. Uh, it's 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 kind of tough. It's I think it's a tough clue. Like I told you why we would do it around that, and it made sense to you. But I think just saying Wonder Woman, I don't know if that's going to really... I don't think anyone's going to get it, but... No, yeah. But uh, it'll be an interesting one for sure. Uh, but yeah, expect a return from DJ here for a uh, comic book movie review uh, in the summer. So DJ, uh, plugs again where listeners can find your show, where they can watch your videos and interact with you on social media if you welcome that interaction. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I, it can be, everything I do can be found at emeraldspecter.com. And the specter is not spelled with an O, it's spelled with an E. So if you just do a search for it, it'll find it. Um, we do the greatest show almost every Saturday. Very rarely do we miss one. Uh, I also do a, a separate podcast called The Spectre Show. Um, it's been mostly a recap or a self-improvement type thing, but I've been straying heavily into the geekdom uh, as of late. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Emerald Spectre, and uh, you can always email me at emeraldspectre.com at gmail.com. Yeah, definitely check out that Instagram account. I follow you, of course. But uh, you and I, we were recently at the uh, Portland Wizard World Comic Con recently together. And you were out there taking all types of pictures and a lot of cosplayers, too. So it was a lot of uh, a lot of cool pictures that you took. So definitely check him out there. Um, for me, Podstalgic, uh, I also have an Instagram. Uh, both Twitter and Instagram are at Podstalgic. You can find this show and We Got Five on Cortem Parts. 
at CoreTempParts.com. Uh, we also got a group page, CoreTempParts Podcast. If you want to interact with me or any of the other hosts from any of the other shows uh, from the the network, um, for me, if you want to, um, you know, I also got a personal Twitter account. You, if you want to follow that, it's at Rip Citizen. Another podcast that I do on the Following Films Podcast Network. Uh, is called Original Remake. So we uh, kind of, we were on a short hiatus and we are back. We've released three episodes, um, kind of one after another. So we're doing pretty good at bringing that show back too. So recently we did, uh, which I already mentioned, I don't know if it was actually on mic or off mic, but the founder and social network, definitely check that out. We had a guest on there, Alicia, from Real Red Reviews. It was a lot of fun. Uh, She is in her early 20s, so it was really interesting getting her uh, perspective, being uh, a lot younger than us. So uh, that'll do it for me. Uh, Next week's episode will be uh, a special one. I am hoping uh, that my son Phoenix returns. He is a teenager for those that, uh, you know, have not heard him on a previous episode before. But next week's episode will mark the third year I've been podcasting. So who better than to have my son on it who actually started this show with me. So if you're a new listener, go back and check out the uh, the old stuff with him. Um, some people, they uh, try to find something more recent with him on it. We did Face Off uh, not too long ago. He was on that one. And on our 100th episode, we did Teen Wolf. So he was on that one as well. So um, I want to thank DJ again for uh, coming on the show. And thank you guys all for listening. If you got a couple of minutes, please visit iTunes. Leave a star rating and a review. Let me know if you enjoy the show. So much appreciated. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys later. Listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.